Hey, it's me, Gavin Crawford. Every week, I'll quiz comedians about the headlines. Do you worry about kids being exposed to drag? I grew up going to see men in dresses singing every Sunday and we had to give them money, okay? <laughs> I wish they were singing show tunes and had some makeup on their hair done, right? It would have been way better. If the news has you screaming into the void, we can help with that. Because news is available on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This podcast is an extended version of The Debaters, which may contain more mature themes. To stream the radio-friendly version of this episode, download the CBC Listen app or go to cbc.ca slash the debaters. And thanks for listening to the CBC. Hey, Canada, we're here for kits and giggles. From Vancouver, it's The Debaters! The Debaters, where comedians fight with facts and funny, and this audience picks the winner. Now, here's a man who's always a gas town, Steve Patterson. Hey, hello, Canada. Welcome back to The Debaters. Here we are in beautiful Vancouver. Yeah, that's right. Home of some of the best people and some of the best sushi in all of Canada. In fact, a local sushi chef claims to have invented the California roll, which is weird. That's as ironic as when I learned Hawaiian pizza was invented in Chatham, Ontario. That's a true story. Next, you'll be telling me the Nanaimo bar was invented in Detroit. Or French fries were created by the Dutch. Or that the Dutch oven was created by my Irish father. That last one's actually true. Anyway, are you ready to meet two debaters who will roll with the punches? This comic thought A Star is Born was the latest Jason Bourne film. It's Simon King. Simon King. There he is, the handsome and hilarious Simon King making his way to my right. And this comedian is a natural born Miller. It's Howie Miller. Howie Miller. One of our favorites, both of our favorites, actually. Happy to have them back on the show and facing off against each other. Look at these guys. They're ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the sound of pure glee over there. I'm smiling with delight. Your topic is movie trailers. Are they any good? Now, I like to make trailers for the home movies on my phone. Like... Here's where I learned that slow-mo feature is only good for a few seconds. The movie. (laughs) Or the next time I'll hold the phone sideways movie. (laughs) Or oops, here's a behind-the-scenes look at me thinking I was filming what was in front of the scenes movie. (laughs) Starring me by mistake. (laughs) But make no mistake, it's time to start this debate. So, whereas they are entertaining and informative, be it resolved that movie trailers enhance the movie-going experience. Howie, you are arguing for this, please. You have two minutes, starting now. Trailers. In a world of upheaval and war, one man stands between two opposing factions. Coming to the CBC in the future, Howie Miller, some other guy, and Steve Patterson. (laughs) 
in the debaters. This time, it's for all the marbles. Now, doesn't that sound way more exciting? Like, wouldn't you want to see that? Or, or, or technically hear that? Yeah. I actually, I saw a trailer inside my camping trailer. I saw a trailer in a trailer. I doubled up. I win. I just incepted all of you. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the trailer for Jaws, right? This summer, don't go into the water. I didn't bathe for a week. <laughs> That's a recent thing. It's just now I haven't bathed in a while. So, <laughs> Whose mind wasn't blown away in 2015 when after like 30 years, we finally heard Han Solo say, Chewie, we're home. <laughs> We can't just read about upcoming movies. Uh, How can the printed word compete with a beautiful artistic movie trailer? Taglines are the absolute worst. The tagline for Batman was, Orphan beats up clown. (laughs) The tagline for the Green Hornet was, Breaking the law to protect it. These are actual taglines. The tagline for Yogi Bear was, Great things come in bears. WTF. That tells me nothing. Or, or something. It tells me more than I want to know, actually. <laughs> Besides, I'd rather see a trailer than read about it on a poster or in the paper. If you want to read, why don't you just go nerd out at chapters with the rest of the nerds? Thank you very much. Howie Miller. Thank you, Howie. Now... To tell us that he says P.U. to previews, here's singular cinephile, which is a good thing, <laughs> Simon King. Movie trailers are terrible. When you go to see a film, you want to see the film, not 10 minutes of advertising for movies so bad you'll never watch. Ooh, Fast and the Furious 18, great. Or so good you wish you were seeing them instead of the one you're sitting there for. Sharknado, more sharks. They used to put trailers at the beginning of movies on VHS. That's how useless they are. Obviously, you're not going out to a theater. You're renting. You're a (laughs) shut-in. I always thought the FBI warning was more entertaining. Are you really going to arrest me for copying Weekend at Bernie's 2, The Stiffening? (laughs) For young people, back in the day, when you'd rent a tape, you'd have to fast-forward through the trailers. A tape was a plastic rectangle we played in a VCR. A VCR (laughs) was a box under your TV that was always blinking 12. (laughs) People making trailers think we can't decide something without a guy yelling at us for three minutes. We don't need that anywhere else. We don't need that in grocery stores. Coming soon to your colon, kale. (laughs) We don't need that for movies. Trailers are dishonest, too, always making stuff seem better than it is. That's cheating. Imagine if you had movie trailers for dating. Meet Dave. Dave makes his own pizza, is into extreme sports, and is really close to his mom. (laughs) Sounds great. But when you finally meet Dave, you find out he makes his own pizza because he's gluten intolerant, once fell out of a tree drunk, and lives in his mother's basement. (laughs) If you knew the truth about Dave, you'd probably have avoided Dave. 
Trailers are like politicians. They're obnoxious, condescending, and dishonest. The only way I could see trailers maybe being okay is if they were more Canadian. Oh, hey, buddy, sorry to bore you there before the movie, but it's uh, the next one coming up, super good, right? Like, I know it's not the best movie, all right, but, like, the kids like it. There's lots of explosions and stuff. There's some boring parts, but overall, I'd say give her, all right? Like, no pressure. Thank you. Time is king. Yeah. We got a good debate. We got it. It's on. It's time now for the bare knuckle round. We are debating if movie trailers are good for movies, so if you avoid any popcorny jokes, the laughs should be coming soon. We're promoting good, clean fun here, and things will movie along at a good clip as you make the audience blockbust a gut. Don't be a big teaser, just punch your opponent right in the cineplexus now. Those were awesome trailers. For somebody who hates trailers, those were amazing. I love your trailer about Dave. That's his Tinder profile. If Dave plays his cards right, he could have the best date ever. I wish I could swipe left on some movie trailers. I mean, really? Another Star Wars? Coming soon, Jar Jar. Misa got my own franchise. Nobody wants that. <laughs> I do think, though, the, the cool thing about trailers is they always show you the best movie lines. Oh, you talking to me? You must be talking to me. There's no one else here, eh? What am I, a clown to you? Do I amuse you? I'm here to make you laugh? What we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> he pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He puts one of yours in the hospital, you put one of his in the morgue. <laughs> I'm as mad as hell and I'm not gonna take it anymore! You were only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> oh, right of that. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You got dueling, dueling trailer voices here, though. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Those listening at home, I know there's no way of telling who's who anymore. If, but... if you, you didn't have to ding. If you wanted us to stop, you could have just whistled. You, you know how to whistle, don't you? Yeah. Just put your lips together and blow. Are you guys still movie quoting me right now? We'll, we'll be, be back. back. Okay, that's okay. It's done. We're out. <laughs> it is time now for the firing line. In my hand, I have a list of questions on movie trailers brought to you by the trailer for the sequel to The Passion of the Christ. The second coming attraction. That's a, that's a pretty good joke. What information was not revealed in the trailer for the Johnny Depp film Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street? Simon. He peaked with Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> I will give you a point for that. Howie Miller. Uh, he was actually playing a Native American. No. Diff nope. Different. Oh, all right. Different one. I thought that's what he was doing. <laughs> can never really tell with Johnny, no. Uh, the information that was not revealed in the trailer for Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street was that the movie is a musical. <laughs> you don't want to go to a movie that you didn't know was a musical. That gets really irritating really quickly. What was unique about the debut of the film trailer for Independence Day in 1996? Howie Miller. It was never released in England. 
<laughs> this guy gets it. Yeah. You know what? Normally we like entire audience to participate, but one man enjoyed that so much. I'm going to give a full two points just from that man's bellowing laughter. Simon King. It featured an alien invasion Americans were afraid of that wasn't from South America. <laughs> that is a strong answer. That's two points as well from the rest of the crowd. Uh, the unique thing about the Independence Day trailer was that it played during the Super Bowl. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love the people that tried to fake it. Like that's, hmm, I'll bring that up at my next party. And that's the firing line, everybody. Well, it's almost time for the audience to vote again. But first, here again to tell us that trailers are meant for parks, not movies. It's movie maniac, Simon King. We don't need movie trailers, all right? They give away the best parts, waste your time, and they try to trick you by making even the absolute worst ideas seem exciting. Here's an example. On the surface, he was an ordinary radio host. But beneath the coiffed hair and easy smile lay something sinister. He was a man at war with the English language and taking no prisoners. John Lovitz is Steve Patterson in Beyond the Punderdome. Our next debater is a French-Canadian who is very good and won't be poutine up with any nonsense. Ha-ha! <laughs> a man out of control. Some people think puns are cheesy, but I don't let that make me blue, because I think they're Gouda. So a damn Gouda, I come on Barrett. <laughs> a man driven to madness. By terrible wordplay. Boss, we can't write any more puns. They're not even funny. I'm Steve Patterson. I don't care if things are funny. <laughs> Coming to a theater near you, beyond Punderdome, I'll be CBCing you. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Simon King. I don't know, buddy. That sounded pretty good to me. John Lovitz thinks he's got a shot at this now. Now to tell us why he only goes to the movies for the trailers, it's a comedian whose closing statement is coming right now. Howie Miller. Okay, sure, there are some bad ones, but that's what's so great about them. They're for bad movies, like Tyler Perry's Medea's Christmas, which features Larry the Cable Guy as Buddy. Trailers for those movies have saved me over a million dollars. Going to see movies is expensive, which is why we need trailers to tell us what to go see. they, they got to show us what we like. A trailer for a stand-up comedian may sound like, One man rides a wave of laughter all the way into your hearts. Coming this summer, the amazingly talented, hilarious, yet underrated Howie Miller. There's going to be some bombs out there, though, trust me, right? Like this. Hey, people, have you ever wanted to be yelled at for 45 minutes? Then come on down to Uncle Charlie's Chuckle Hut this weekend and see the oddity that is Simon King. <laughs> he has a beard. Thank you. Howie Miller. Howie Miller loves trailers. 
Simon King's totally against him. Let's see how the audience decides. By applause, who thinks Howie's preview punchlines prevailed? Howie Miller. Nice support for Howie. And who thinks Simon's trailer trashing topped this debate? Simon King. That's it. The audience has spoken. They do not like trailers. They love Simon. The winner is Simon King. Big hand for Simon King and Howie Miller, everybody. You're listening to The Debaters on CBC Radio 1. Want to be a part of the debating action? For upcoming tour dates, visit cbc.ca slash the debaters. Let's take a journey back to 2003. Canadian teen sensation Avril Lavigne was topping the charts and turning the music industry upside down. But what if I told you that the Avril Lavigne we know and love might not be the same Avril? What? Did Avril die? Was she replaced by a doppelganger? I'm Joanne McNally and I'm doing a deep dive into a notorious internet conspiracy. Who replaced Avril Lavigne? Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Centennial Theatre, are you ready to meet your next pair of debaters? Let's do it! Between you and me, this comic is fantastic. It's Yumi Nagashima! Yumi Nagashima, there she is, entering stage left, making her way to the podium to my right. She looks confident and ready. And this comic's talent is bottomless. It's Kyle Bottom. (laughs) Kyle Bottom taking his place to my left. He looks fully bearded and ready. (laughs) This topic is a good one for you two as you've both experienced it firsthand Japan, is it the most advanced society in the world? (laughs) The audience here doesn't seem to care, but we're going to do this debate anyway. (laughs) Because that's what the plan is. (laughs) Now, I'm not sure how far ahead of Canada, Japan is, or behind. I know that Japan is... Uh, 17 hours ahead of Vancouver, but only 12 and a half hours ahead of Newfoundland, which makes Newfoundland the most advanced society in Canada. <laughs> so this, this story checks out. But we're talking about the land of the rising sun, not the land of the drunken moon. So, <laughs> whereas it's renowned for its technology, productivity, and high level of social cohesion be it resolved that Japan has the most advanced society in the world. Kyle, you are arguing for this, please. (laughs) You have two minutes, starting now. Thank you. (laughs) Japan is the Mary Poppins of societies. Practically perfect in every way. Sure, Mary Poppins has her flaws, she's mildly xenophobic, and she killed all those dolphins. (laughs) But that's nothing a spoonful of sugar won't fix. I went to Japan earlier this year, and it was incredible. Uh, One thing I really loved about Japan was the bullet trains. They're always on time. They're fast as hell. Uh, They have Wi-Fi and a snack cart. It's basically the Hogwarts Express if you replaced magic with technology. (laughs) And Japan is so convenient. They have vending machines everywhere, like every alleyway, every parking lot, every sidewalk, because you should never be more than a few feet away from a metal box that will sell you juice, pop, coffee, or beer. That's right, 
I said beer. You can buy beer out of vending machines and you can drink it anywhere you want because Japan treats adults like adults. You can buy beer at the convenience store. Like my wife and I, we had tickets to this baseball game in Tokyo and we went to 7-Eleven before the game and we filled her bag with uh, cans of beer, right? Save ourselves some money. We get to the stadium, uh, security opens up my wife's bag at the gate, he finds the beer. And then that security guard, he, he, poured, he poured those beers into paper cups and asked us to enjoy the game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just love beer. Uh, because of Japan, the world has video games, anime, sushi, and endless technological advancements. We taught them how to make bread, and they were like, cool, we're even. And that's why Japan is the most advanced society. Thank you. Kyle Bottom. Yeah. On Japan being the most advanced society. Now, to tell us that Japan's not all that advanced, if you get her Tokyo drift, here's Japanese jokester, Yumi Nagashima. Japan is my homeland. I love Japan like an overprotective mother. <laughs> By saying Japan does not necessarily have the best society, I believe I can protect it from a creepy white man like Kyle. <laughs> Japan is like Steven Seagal's karate moves. Looks flawless to foreigners, but local people know it needs some serious improvement. <laughs> okay, let's address the elephant in the room. What's the deal with dolphin hunting? And why there are vending machines of everything, including girls' used underwear. <laughs> I know, it's weird. <laughs> Who hunts dolphins? <laughs> In Vancouver, Seth Rogan did public transit announcement. Japanese transit should learn from Vancouver to be more friendly and playful. As a Japanese comedian, I want to do the announcement for Tokyo commuters to brighten up their day a little bit. Like, Konnichiwa, Nagashima Yumi desu. You overly exhausted businessman with wrinkled suits, don't give up. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Your next stop is loveless marriage with no respect from your children. <laughs> Konnichiwa, Nagashima Yumi desu. You, young high school boy, falling asleep on the train. Dun, dun, dun. Your next stop is appearing on your friend's Instagram story and bringing shame to your family. 
Thanks, Steve. Yumi Nagashima. Yeah. Yep. Yumi Nagashima. All right. It is time now for the bare knuckle round. Before we move on to the next topic. Hey. Oh, you got that? We're debating if Japan is the world's most advanced society. So, Nissan carefully to me. Uh. Huh? Let's try to be funny for the sake of the show. Trust me, this is going to be all over social media. That last one was Sapporo attempt at a Japanese pun. This fight will be the thriller from the land of Godzilla, so Harry, carry on. Kyle, Japanese bullet train is not always on time. On November 16th, 2017, <laughs> that Scuba Express departed 20 seconds early and sincerely apologized for inconvenience. How do you explain that? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Kyle. That's just an example of why they're such a great society. A minor, minor problem like leaving 20 seconds early, and it's a, a huge failure for them. Mm. <laughs> As a, a proud a... Japanese, I have yet to forgive their shameful display of inefficiency. <laughs> and Kyle, you're right. Unlike in Canada, I love the fact that you can drink anywhere in Japan. Because of this, I get to constantly see drunken businessmen singing karaoke badly on the train wearing no pants. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're all about personal responsibility in Japan, but in the subway stations, they do have like signs uh, of like drunken businessmen about to fall in front of trains. <laughs> and they're like, this is the only time you need to touch anyone, is if they're about to fall in front of a train. That's a good point. And yes, we have Wi-Fi everywhere. Just more places for teenage boys to watch pornography in public. <laughs> because Japan is classy that way. <laughs> I don't think there's a way to follow that. That's the bare knuckle round, everybody. Good points on both sides. We're debating whether Japan has the most advanced society on the debaters on CBC Radio, which if this was taking place in Japan, would just be fed directly into your brain or something. It's time now for the firing line. In my hand, I have a list of questions on Japan being the most advanced society in the world, brought to you by the favorite sandwich of the Japanese warrior, the salmon rye. <laughs> Here we go. In Japan, it is customary for bathrooms and hotels and restaurants to have what items readily available for guests? Kyle? Sex toys. Not the answer I have here. Yumi? Hidden game show cameras. <laughs> that could be true. Two and a half points. Uh, the actual answer is bathroom slippers. Oof. So I apologize, Kyle. You were half right. I didn't use those properly. <laughs> so, that's really gross. <laughs> What did Donald Trump say is the only thing he loves about Japan? Yumi. Business dealing with Yakuza. <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even sure that's not the right answer. <laughs> One point. Kyle Bottom. 
the thing Donald Trump likes about Japan is that uh, they also have tiny hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will. My hands feel so big right now. I will give two points for the, for the impression. Uh, Donald Trump says the only thing he loves about Japan is when people bow. You knew it was going to be some dumb answer. <laughs> the United States and Japan are ranked numbers one and two when it comes to what? Kyle? Love of spam. <laughs> nope. Do you guys not know that about Japan? Not what I have. Okay. Been... Yumi Nagashima. Second World War. <laughs> That's, that is... That's a four-point answer. <laughs> the answer we were looking for is patents per capita, but I liked Yumi's better. That's the firing line, everybody. Well, it's almost time for the audience here at the beautiful Centennial Theater to vote. But first, here again to tell us that she pans Japan as the most advanced society, it's cultural critic, Yumi Nagashima. Japanese food in Canada is way superior than real Japanese food. <laughs> when I visit home, I always long for imitation crab California roll, <laughs> Vancouver's Japa dog, and eating Tim Hortons donuts with soy sauce. <laughs> In Japan, women didn't get the vote until 1946. 30 years behind you, Canada. All joking aside, I moved to Canada from Japan because Canada had more advanced society for women. That's right, Canada. Strong, quality, Canadian women like you guys give me courage to dispute my phone bill like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> Japan may be home, but it's not that advanced, especially because I'm not there anymore. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Yumi yeah, an excellent closing argument on behalf of Japan not being very advanced and celebrating women's rights here in Canada. <laughs> now, Kyle's going to dispute that. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> tell us, to tell us why he's not so gun-shy about saying Japan's the most advanced place on Earth, it's the rib-tickling traveler, Kyle Bottom. Thank you. Japan is the most advanced society because they have the most advanced toilet seats. <laughs> Japanese toilet seats are electronically heated. Heat feels good on the butt, that is science. <laughs> over here in North America, we're sitting on cold, thin plastic. If you sit down on a toilet over here and it's warm, that's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, gross, other people use this? When you're done using a Japanese toilet, there's another button on that control panel. And if you press it, it will shoot a stream of water 
right up Main Street. Now, I'm a bit of a prude. It took me like two days into a two-week vacation to press that other button. But when I pressed that button, I was converted immediately. As soon as the water hit me, I was backing up into it like, yeah! Get it, Poppy! It felt amazing. It's like waterboarding for homophobes. Thank you. <laughs> well, never have we had a debater more live up to their surname than Kyle Bottom. <laughs> With that closing argument. So, this is broken down to women's rights versus men's butts. Let's see how the audience decides. By applause, who thinks that Kyle's pro-Japan points were perfect? Kyle Bottom. Yeah. It. yeah. And who thought Yumi's Japan joshing was more justified? Yumi Nagashima. It is too close to call. The winner is Yumi Nagashima. Japan is not that advanced. Big hand for Yumi Nagashima and Kyle Bottom, everybody. Well, that's all for this week. I'm Steve Patterson saying to all our Japanese listeners, Domo Arigato for listening. Domo, 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 Domo. I'll argue with you again soon, Canada. Good night. The Debaters is created by Richard Side. This week's episode was produced by Josh Bailey, Graham Clark, Chloe Edbrook, and Nicole Callender. Our classic debates were produced by Josh Bailey, Graham Clark, Katie Ellen Humphreys, Nicole Callender, and Tracy Rideout. With technical production by Will Howie and Ross Bragg. The executive producer of CBC Radio Comedy is Lee Pitts. And thanks to everyone at the Centennial Theatre in North Vancouver. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.